0: It's time for Next To You with Chris and Julie Moore. Here's Chris and Julie. Well, thank you very much, Lou, and welcome, everybody, to Next To You. I'm Chris, and wait, over there is some woman.
1: Well, Chris, it's Julie. Oh, hi, Julie. And you don't recognize me because I am wearing some really high-tech sunglasses because we are having an album release show tonight. And the album is entitled Rise of the Midnight Sun, and the sun is joyfully getting in my eyes. Oh,
0: there you go. So who's our guest artist tonight?
1: Well, Chris, it's user US3R, and he was a previous guest artist. And a
0: great show that was. It
1: was, and he has a new release that we're going to be talking about. Wow,
0: that's a lot of fun.
1: And just to tell everybody, this is a Zoom meeting because he is in Seattle, Washington. Right,
0: Seattle. Well, let's get them on the line.
1: So, Chris, one of the things I really love about doing this show is when we catch up with the artists that we've had in the past to see what's new and exciting as far as songs, tours, and projects they're working on. And this guest was on our show in January of 2021, and his show really stood out because of the instrumentation and recording magic in his songs. This will be another great show with the artist known as User, and that's spelled U-S-3-R. Welcome back to Next to You.
2: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Real good, real good. How are things out there? Seattle. Seattle. Well, Seattle's uh, doing well. Since the yeah. last time we spoke, uh, it's become a lot more peaceful around Seattle. Uh, it's <laughs> oh. pretty cold out right now, though. It's about 15 degrees outside. Ooh, oh, we're wow, warmer than you right yeah, now. Yeah, we're warmer <laughs> than you are. That's something. I, so it happens once a year.
1: So you have an album release, and it happened in August of 2023. And Yeah, it's my fourth th- record. Yeah, yeah so that. that's what I was going to say. We're, we, we have four albums here. Uh, but this one's called Rise of the Midnight Sun. Yeah, and, um, it said that says on uh, we do Apple iTunes, and so it says mm-hmm. that uh, they've labeled the genre as pop rock, art rock, and when we were talking uh, <laughs> earlier, you you called it electronic classic rock. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty interesting how you label music.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, like um, you know, my kind of. Uh, take on the genre may be different than what the algorithms assign to it, right? right. the algorithms are looking at it from a sort of bits and bytes perspective. They're looking at it from sonic qualities, song lengths, uh, tempos, um, energy levels. And then all of a sudden they're doing classification with machine learning to compare it to other things and they go, oh, that's that's an R&B record or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? It's often... 70 percent correct so it's not super yeah well, are... so the classic rock thing let me explain so like basically i grew up in palm springs california and um if you've ever been to palm springs you'll know that it's hot uh there's a lot of um artsy folks out there a lot of people wearing like leather wristbands and you know <laughs> their topaz okay. and all the things and and classic rock is playing non-stop on the radio all the time so even though i grew up you know listening to like Metallica and you know, hip-hop and all the different things. Um, I was constantly sort of uh in the sort of the waters of classic rock around me that which is mm-hmm. to say very guitar-centric, very dry in its recording, um, very open cordy, mm-hmm. right? All these things that are very sort of like uh the staples of like 60s and 70s guitar music, right? Sure and you know if you go in towards the 80s it becomes a little bit more digital right digital reverbs more drum machines things like that you get into the 90s you're talking grunge all of that stuff and then you get into like the really uh kind of squeaky clean like produced stuff of the 2000s and up to today right so the first couple first three records of mine were like heavily electronic they're very much of the 2000s and had a lot of those hallmarks with hints of like 90s r&b heavy synth music and all of that. And then, you know, uh, I've been playing a lot of shows over the years where I was doing a lot of knob turning and keyboard pressing. And I, you know, I grew up playing guitar and drums, like in bands. Mm -hmm. And I felt like looking into the crowd, I felt like, hmm, I feel like I could be more entertaining. Mm -hmm. I feel like they could be having a better time. And so I started bringing guitar into my live shows and playing guitar accompaniment on all of those things that didn't have guitar parts in them originally. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well, now I've got an entire repertoire of rewrites of songs. And I was like, why don't I just write an album that is
3: yeah. this? Uh, and
2: so I was like, okay, so, you know, one thing led to another. And then I you know, put 13 or 10 tracks. I don't remember how much is on that record, actually. Let me take a look real quick. There's but, 13. Uh, 30, yeah, 13 tracks. tracks. I put tracks. 13 tracks, and I want to say eight of them are like super guitar forward, and they're meant to be played live. Like, they're meant to be like a,
1: cool. you know,
2: really... You can, right. You can feel yeah. that, I mean,
0: seriously, when you're listening to it. And speaking of listening to it, let's get listening to it, Joel. Yes,
1: let's. This is track nine off of Rise of the Midnight Sun called Stupid Wars.
3: Let's not fight anymore. That's not what anybody's time is good for. Stop fighting stupid wars and put away our swords. Door, door, door. just press play to begin, we heard voices in her head. But now I took the time to find a room. They are all our enemies. At least that's what she's telling me. Her stories become. Until they're sorry or they're dead
0: you're just joining us tonight our guest is christian alexander
1: the artist known as user us3r i i told you when we were writing that i um when we when i listened to the album the new album Mm -hmm. i just love the way that every song starts because Mm. somehow you like captivate captivated me right away like it's it was either like the synth, is, was, synth was doing something really cool or you had like the guitar going and it just made me lean my ear. So I really want to encourage, yeah. your, I, I want to encourage our audience to, to look up your album. It's called Rise of the Midnight Sun. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the recording of it? Uh, are you still doing it in your house and
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, if you can see me on camera here, I got my whole recording studio, you know, so I've got, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm submerged. I'm in a fishbowl down here. And, and, you you know, I've got, Mm -hmm. I've got the ability to do all different sorts of things around here. So I'm, you know, whatever vibe I'm looking for, I'm kind of you just change. It and, you even change the lighting. Yeah,
1: he's oh, can, yeah. Ch- he's changing the light. The we are lights.
0: so far behind,
2: Jules. I yeah, know. well, you know, these are twenty dollars <laughs> purchases on Amazon.com. So <laughs> help yourself. Ah, uh, yeah. No, but right. um, just to talk about the recording process. So, like, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that um, because I have my day job, I find myself doing music in pieces late at night. So w- my wife will go to sleep and I'll work from like 10 PM to like one or two in the morning. And I find myself doing that maybe five days a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm really burning my candle at both ends a lot of the time. And so you can kind of hear this sort of exasperation in some of my lyrics and some of my presentation. I think it more has to do with the lack of sleep, to be honest. Um, but, you know, uh, it all starts with some um, the stuff that you see around me. So I've got, you know, synthesizers down here i've got my profit i've got my dx7 i've got my prologue um got my bass my guitars my acoustics got mics everywhere i've got you know racks of things and so like i have a pretty good studio set up at this point so like i can make pretty professional grade stuff um but from a conceptual standpoint i have just you know, at any given time, I have like 50 partially written songs that are just kind of sitting in a folder. So what do I do with those, right? Not all of the things all happen, you know, at once, right? And so um, what I'll do is, is I'll kind of capture moments of, of ideas, and I'll sit on them for a while, and I'll let life happen. And whatever my theme in life is, you know, I kind of start to put ideas to it. And then I'll stitch those things together. So Case in point, um, you know, I had been talking about how I wanted to have more guitar forward stuff on my catalog so I could play it live. Mm -hmm. So I wrote games, I wrote uh, uh, Nightmare, and I wrote, uh, you know, um, the intro song, which is called Hello World. All of those are guitar forward songs, but those are written at a different time than some of the other stuff, right? Mm Also you know that album thematically is about personal growth it's about sort of like you know me sort of watching myself change like over time looking in the mirror and seeing a different person Mm -hmm. you know it's about the passage of time over years and years and years and so like you know if you kind of think about who you were 20 years ago and what your goals were and what was important to you and now as you kind of fast forward, maybe some of those things seem a bit trivial now. Like you've kind of wised up or you sort of slowed down a bit and you and you reflect, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what this album is actually, Rise of the Midnight Sun. So like the rising sun is kind of like represents change, but the Midnight Sun is kind of, uh, it hints at like the sort of the push and pull of, of the light and the dark that's in you, right? Um, and then you know, third kind of aspect of that uh, imagery was that I had done a trip in the dead of winter uh, in Iceland last December.
0: Wow. And
2: they had about 45 minutes a day of sunlight. Um, and the rest of the day, it seemed like kind of like this dusky sunset, like this blue glow on the horizon. And it's dark and it's 10 degrees outside and it's super cold and jet lag, you know, so there I was, you know, sitting in Iceland and I had kind of been doing the tourist stuff and I was learning about the whales and the Vikings and the brutal conditions and the history and all of this stuff. And and um, I started to find that those kind of things were in my head because here I was sitting awake at three in the morning in the lobby of this Icelandic hotel on an old leather couch with furry, you know, uh animal skin blankets everywhere and weird you know uh leather lights hanging from stuff and i just felt like i was in this other place and so you know rise of the midnight sun it's like it's like uh you know like when when like an eclipse happens and you see darkness with uh with a contour of light it's like that's what it feels like you're in you're in the glow of the midnight sun when you're there in the middle of winter. And so that that visually was kind of symbolic for me um, because it kind of started to feel like that was the changing from within, like over time, like That's you're nice. growing up, you know? Well, that
0: uh, now hearing you explain the album in that way, uh, I really enjoyed the final cut. It's a beautiful song.
1: And here is the final song. Track 13 called Try Again.
3: smile, but you still feel sad, like a flake of falling snow, you don't have to fall alone, like the leaves burning
0: This is Next to You with Chris and Julie Moore on WQLN, National Public Radio.
1: Yeah, there's um, a couple songs that stood out uh, as far as harmonies. And Mm. one was track two, which is Glow, and track eight, Pale Blue Dot. And uh, we we really enjoyed those harmonies. And um, the Pale Blue Dot, um, I wrote down, it sounds like you used uh, the sounds from Millennial Blues, which is a big hit from one of your other albums. And it sounded similar to, you know, the instrumentation that you used, the, yeah. the synth sound. And But I, I really love the contrast when yeah. it drops to a really soft part with those harmonies. Really nice job on that one.
2: Yeah, Pale Blue Dot, so... You know, I was talking about my experience in Seattle, where we were like going through all of those protests and stuff, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, it can feel like, um, you know, if you ever turn on like the TV and see like people like fighting about politics or whatever, it can feel like this endless cycle, right? Like it never ends. Well, I wrote a song about that on my last album, Dreams the Nightmares. It was called On and On. And the opening lyric of that song was i don't remember a time when the world wasn't burning down
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and this kind of speaks to my experience when i was you know uh i'm I'm 38 now um 10 years ago i remember people were at war with each other 10 years before that people were at war with each other and it goes on and on and on and on and why why Mm -hmm. like the conclusion i came to is that these people sort of like make a sport out of this And it's really a stupid way to live, really, like, because like, we have precious time on earth, and it's running out constantly. I feel I don't know about you guys, but I feel like my time is running out always. So that's why I work late into the night every single day, is because like, my time is running out. I don't want to waste it. And when you think about war, right, you think about Ukraine, you think about Seattle, you think about um, what's happening in the Middle East right now, like, Mm -hmm. Why is it that we've been doing this for a hundred years or a thousand years? Like, what have we learned? And so pale blue dot is a, is a, uh, is a reference to Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan wrote the poem, pale blue dot, where he said, look at this dot and you zoom out and it's like a, it's like sand. It's like, you're looking at a bunch of little sparkles in space. And he said, every ruler, every hero, every villain, every politician, every genius, every whatever everything you can imagine has happened in this little pale blue dot look at how insignificant we are right and inside a pale blue dot it's like um you know the the, the lyrics are basically saying like we fight over things that don't matter we pray to things that don't talk back to us we keep repeating the same mistakes out of hubris and stupidity like why are we doing this to ourselves right so it's written in a sort of um classic rocky sort of riff right so Mm -hmm. if i were to pull the guitar off the wall like it's kind of like Mm -hmm. right so it's very very classic rock and when you do that now all of a sudden you have all those open chords you have like the 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 scales and the harmonic richness that you can bring to that, which is, you know, part of the genre. Like it's it's so natural. It's so obvious. So, you know, I wrote the the main lead and then I started to enrich it with harmony. Mm-hmm. So that's what the song's about. That's like why it sounds the way it does.
0: You know, Julie, I noticed the guitar isn't coming through real good on Zoom.
1: I know. Zoom, I don't know what it is about Zoom, but that that means they have to go out and purchase the album.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or just even listen to it. Or go see him live. (laughs) So what's the song we're going to be listening to?
1: This is Pale Blue Dot by our guest artist, user US3R.
0: Having a great time tonight mm-hmm. With our guest artist Christian Alexander Known as User So Julie, tell me what you want Tell
1: really me what I want What I really, really want So
0: tell me what you want What you really, really want
1: I'll tell you what I want What I really, really want
0: So tell me what you want What you really, really want I want
1: to I want to I want to
0: So do we have somebody that sent in a request?
1: Yes, Chris, we actually have a fan of the show that wrote us on Facebook. This is for Kenneth Kraut, and he requested Bob Dylan's Tangled Up in Blue. So here we go.
4: Early one morning, the sun was shining. on the docks at night but the green p- it was best and she turned around to look at me as I was walking away I heard her say oh my shoulder will meet again someday on the avenue tangled up in blue Job in the great north woods working as a cook for spell but i never did like it all that much and one day the axe just fell so i drifted down to new orleans or lucky with a bee employed working for a while on a fishing boat right outside of delacroix but all the while i was alone the past was close behind i seen a lot of women but she never escaped my mind and i just grew i blue She was working in a topless place And I stopped in for a beer I just kept looking at the side of her face in the spotlight so clear and later on when the crowd thinned out I was just about to do the same She was standing there in back of my chair I said, me, don't I know your name? I muttered something underneath my breast he studied the lines of my face I must admit, felt a little uneasy When chipping down the tie and laces of my shoes to love in blue She laid a burner on the stove And offered me a pray You'd never say hello She said you look like a silent type And she opened up a book of poems And handed it to me Written by an Italian poet From the 13th century And every one of them words Rang true and glow Like burning coal Pouring off of every page Like it was written in my soul But me to you Montague Street, the basement down the stairs. There was music in the cafes at night and revolution in the air. Then he started into dealing with slaves and something inside of him died. She had to sell everything she owned and it froze up inside. And when it finally, the bottom fell out, I became withdrawn. The only thing I knew how to do was to keep on keeping on like a bird that flew. to get to her somehow. All the people we used to know, they're an illusion to me now. Some are mathematicians, some are carpenters' wives. Don't know how it all got started. I don't know what they do with their lives. But me, I'm still on the road, ahead for another joint. We always confuse, same we just saw it from a different point of view.
1: Hey, thank you so much for that request and if anybody out there wants to request a song just write us at Chris and Julie at wqln.org or you can check us out on facebook and the page is called next to you
0: and julie what about bands or individual artists that would like to be on the show that's
1: the, yeah they can same contact one? that same yep the same email mm. and the facebook page all
0: right great so let's get back to our Featured guest tonight, and that's Christian Alexander, better known as User.
1: And he has a couple other pseudonyms. We're going to talk about that right now. Well, doing these uh, separate names here, Wolf Pet and St. Moss, that's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Are you going to try to make people uh, know that, hey, this is User doing this, or you're just not like even doing any connection whatsoever out there?
2: Well, uh, in some cases, like where it was written by a different for a different project, and then I ended up using it because it fit the theme because I am the human that felt those emotions, you know, (laughs) I will just tag both artists, but like, there's going to be all sorts of things that are just completely on an island. Like when I release a bunch of wolf pet stuff, it's just going to be wolf pet, right? But an example of this is the song Games on Rise of the Midnight Sun. So you'll notice that games feels like it's on an island. It's a different sounding song than a lot of the other songs, right? And um that song, uh, you know, it sounds like a Weezer song. Like it's like a chuggy garage bandy dun 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 dun, 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 dun. It's like very guitar y, right? Mm-hmm. And not super synthy, but I am um, brought in my friend Colin from Atomic Pines, a, a local artist. Atomic Pines, right? So that's like very <laughs> uh, spacey meets mossy woods, right? So this mm-hmm. is kind of the vibe of being an electronic artist in the Pacific Northwest. So you know, I had written that as Wolf Pet. We had Atomic Pines doing synthesizer stuff on it, and then I played and sang on it, and we did harmonies together, and had a big heavy slapback echo on it, and and it oh. sounds like a rock and roll song, and. And so in that case, I tagged all three of us, like that. all three of us wrote that, (laughs) basically. Um, And Games is a very interesting song because like, you know, how I had said earlier, like a lot of the lyrics are sort of me sort of looking in the mirror and talking to myself. Well, Games was written almost as in the tone of like a eulogy, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I laughed at all the wrong times. I spoke when I should have been quiet. I lied when I should have told the truth, right? All of these things um you know i learned my lessons with my hand in a fire you know like all these things um all these things are supposed to be sort of references to like hey like i may have done the wrong things in the moment i thought i was doing the right thing in the moment and now that i'm growing up i realize that mistakes were made but like at the end of the day like i am who i am because of those mistakes
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i played all these games with my life and i'm lucky that i survived it but it's written like in the sense it's like a eulogy because like after we're gone there's no no use in lying about it anymore it's like yeah it's over <laughs> you know what i mean and so sure. like games was very much written like that yeah so,
1: again i want to encourage our audience really listen to the lyrics and um, yeah, that particular song um, right away that caught me. The you said there's a different person that did the synth work on that. It, yeah, it re, it was the same sound as a lot of uh, what Toto used. That yeah, that's what so it, that hit me a little bit there. Yeah,
2: yeah, that synthesizer um, was a combination of like a virtual synth that I had on my computer, and then also it layered with a Juno um, 106. So like we're I have come to the point in my journey as a writer that like I no longer want to write for the sake of putting my gear on stage. It's not just about the gear. I want it to be sonically interesting. And so like if I had been purely Juno 106, it would have sounded very distinct and very like, oh, I know what that synthesizer is. But it sounds vague in its origin because it's two things layered on top of each other. And one of them is a virtual instrument. And then I'm singing with a heavy slap back with a guitar behind me, right? So it's like, the whole point is, is that, you know, it's it's not a love letter to my gear. Mm-hmm. It's it's a song, and it serves the song. So like, that's the kind of thing that I had to sort of communicate when I was collaborating with Atomic on that is like, hey, like, here's what I want this to feel like, I want this to be like, you're staring deep into my heart when you're hearing this. and. Mm-hmm. There is nothing distracting you. Like, I am not lying to myself and I'm not lying to you. Like, get all of the crap out of the way. And, like, that was the purpose of the song is to like, hey, like, I finally kind of taken the wall down. And so, like, sonically, it had to feel that way. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Here's track six on users' Rise of the Midnight Sun album. This is called Games.
0: Wow, that was so cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah, (laughs) nice harmonies. Yeah, I just want to let the audience know, again, that we are having a chat with Christian Alexander, known as User, and we're using Zoom. Just tell us a little bit about the music scene in Seattle, Washington, or or where you are right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, so Seattle is kind of like... I feel like the seattle of today is like always in the shadow of the seattle of the 90s in the sense that like everyone was like oh pearl jam and, and nirvana are such big deals to like this giant um wave of music that happened in that decade where you have bands like you know alice in chains also a seattle band you've got you know mud honey and you know all the sound garden and smashing pumpkins, and all these bands that were just super huge at that moment. And Seattle became like the sort of the the hot place on the map, right? Mm-hmm. And after that died off, um, became like this kind of relic of the past, right? And so sometimes you can get the sense that people overlook the thriving music scene of today because of that. On the other hand, Is it really thriving? Well, I mean, like to a degree, no. Because if you think about places like LA, New York, Austin, Memphis, you know, um, just uh, Nashville, like all these places that are like music business places, um, a lot of like touring acts will actually choose to not tour through Seattle because like it can be a bit of a question mark if they're going to fill up the room or not. Why is that? Well, what is the makeup of the city? Well, we've got people who used to grow up in Seattle who were maybe, you know, local working class folks, right? And those are PW people through and through, like they wear their puffy jacket and their plaid and their beanie and they do the coffee <laughs> thing and the whole nine, right? And then you've got people who are sort of relocated to Seattle for tech jobs, right? So you've got, um, you've got redfin zillow hbo amazon meta you've got there used to be a twitter office there oh it's high five yeah and um
1: what's just like a million.
2: <laughs> oh yeah it's like new uh ai based like gestures um but but my point is though is that like we're kind of going through this period where there's a bit of a social and economic divide between the original folks who lived here before and the people who came in for tech. And I happen to be in the second category in the sense that I came here from tech. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for that reason, it can be a little hot and cold. Like what kind of crowd are we gonna get tonight? And if you're trying to earn a living touring, that can be weird. (laughs) So um, my friends who are in the music scene, they do a really good job of like, getting a thriving little heartbeat going and we have a handful of artists out here that are sort of like in the up and coming you know category and then you've got um, some record labels that are from the earlier days who are still bringing about like new bands um and they're famous in their own way you know um but yeah so i would say like seattle's music scene is very electronic it's also very um rocky there's a lot of like garage rock bands that are like really good that have like elements of that stuff there's also the kind of um indie bedroom pop thing the very polished and professional version all the way to the you know the the sort of developing version of that and then there's the you know um the kexp kind of circuit where like there's all the folks who are like you know, many miniature famous people from the last 20 years, like Postal Service, like those types of bands, like uh, Death Cab for Cutie. They're like really famous in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And those guys would sell out a show, no problem around here. But it's, you know, so there's kind of like all these little chasms that have formed, like these, Mm
1: -hmm. these
2: little cliques, I guess.
0: I gotta say, Julie, it's so interesting talking with uh, Christian over yeah. the Zoom thing here that we're doing.
1: Such interesting stories, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to get back to Christian, and we are going to do one of our segments, cover tunes.
3: This song is good now. Can you make it better? If you can do- I'm ready to listen, cover me,
1: come on baby, cover me, well I'm looking for an artist to come on in and cover me.
0: Okay Julie, what's getting covered tonight?
1: Chris, the song is Time After Time and Ah, we all know that one by Cyndi Lauper, great songwriter. Yes, oh my gosh, so who covered it? Everybody, well, yeah, a lot of people did, <laughs> but this band—it's a duo, and they're Canadian. It's a—they're a t- twins.
3: Okay.
1: They evolved from the Canadian pop rock country band called the Moffats, and th- this was four uh brothers—the Moffat brothers: the brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, uh, Clint, Bob, and Dave. Well, three of them are triplets. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, Clint, Bob, and Dave are triplets so the duo is clinton and bob and right. they're great chris they yeah. they did a really nice cover of time after time we'll listen to cindy lopper's version just for a little bit and then we will hear the full cover by music travel love here it is time after time <laughs> Got to say, that was also Jonah Baker. He's a YouTuber, Chris, and a singer-songwriter based out of Indiana.
0: Right. Wow, That's that was such a neat arrangement. It was. Yes, it was. Very enjoyable.
1: Chris, do you ever wonder what outer space sounds like?
0: I'm thinking it doesn't sound like anything, but um, yeah. why?
1: Well, if you were to write a song, how would oh, you make outer space sound?
0: Oh, Spacey. <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to end the first hour with another cut from Rise of the Midnight Sun. This is track 11 by user, and it is called Outer Space. So everybody, just close your eyes, okay? Mm. And imagine you're floating in outer space.
0: having a lot of fun with christian alexander tonight better known as user
1: that's right we are listening to his new album it's called rise of the midnight sun
0: right and we're gonna have a lot more of that in the second hour but of course first i think bob and paul are stopping by aren't they jules yes
1: they are chris we're doing a trivia game
0: Uh, everybody's favorite so hang in there and we'll see you in the next hour You're listening to WQLN NPR. Now, here's Chris and Julie. And thanks again, Lou. Welcome back, everybody, to the second hour of Next to You. Yes,
1: welcome back.
0: We're having a wonderful time tonight with our guest, Christian Alexander, better known as User.
1: But now it's time for the original Tennessee Back Porch.
3: Together again.
1: Nothing else matters, cause we're
0: together again. It's the original Tennessee Back Porch.
1: Well, it's reunion time, Chris, and we have Bob and Paul in the studio. How
0: did oh, they yeah. get in? How did we get here? I don't know. Locked. <laughs> <All of> that. <laughs> <laughs> they both that had again. licenses <laughs> taken away yeah, that's not true
5: yeah. um well i have a surprise for uh julie uh she wanted a trivia game today and i came up with everyone's favorite topic candy no not candy <laughs> um, television <laughs> tv we have tv trivia TV. And then I well, thought she'd be so excited. She goes, "I don't watch that much TV." I don't
1: so. I watch like PBS and documentaries and
5: WQLN? I know. So I'm down. not good. I'm
1: not good at TV. Trivia, no, no,
5: you'll. you'll uh, Antiques
0: Roadshow. I do. I love them. American Pickers.
1: Uh,
5: well, we're gonna get started because right. I think this is a good chance. Knowing this now. Uh, and since Paul hasn't watched television since uh, the Munsters, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good chance for people listening tonight to Be, be the Back, back porch. porch. Okay, this is pretty much the same way we always play. We're going to uh, use the buzzers tonight. Chris, oh. test your buzzer. Paul. Julie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um and uh you get one shot at home. If you miss it before uh you can't you can't have a second chance at. It. So yeah. be honest and uh
0: you know what would be great if everybody at home made their own buzzers.
5: <laughs> yeah. I and think we've done a done lot a of fun.
0: <laughs> hey, if you have at home, seriously, uh, make a recording of it and send it to us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And we'll play it. Yeah. We'll <laughs> make a song
5: out of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next to you's TV trivia, the first question is Michael Sarah on the show Arrested Development. His character sh- shares a name with which pop legend? <sighs> Arrested Development starring Jason Bateman, who I think is great.
1: A pop singer?
5: Yep. And
1: I'm just going to guess one. Michael Jackson?
5: Nope. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Now, George Michael. Okay. Oh. His name on the show is George Michael.
0: Oh,
3: great. Aww. Okay, oh, all
5: right. What is Dorothy's job on the Golden Girls? What's her profession? That's B. Arthur. B. Arthur's character,
0: Paul. Uh, uh, she, she ran away from home.
5: What? That's oh, no, not a profession,
1: all we heard of Oz, dear.
0: Oh,
5: that's right. <laughs> We're talking about the golden girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
5: Wow. Okay, somebody get Paul. Uh, Paul uh, Julie rang in. Some no-dos. We oh. just went off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody? Yes. Can
1: I just... I'm yeah. just guessing, Bob. Um, Go how ahead. How about a secretary?
5: And that's incorrect. Okay. Chris? Mm. Uh, yeah. I might as well guess. Uh, waitress. She was a substitute teacher. Oh, man. We would have accepted... That's, teacher as well. Okay. okay, what is the Munster's address?
0: Um, Anybody? Yes, thirteen Mockingbird Lane.
3: Uh,
0: no. thirteen thirteen. Yeah. So judges,
5: ding. We're gonna get because nobody's getting any points. Chris gets a point. It's
1: thirteen yeah. thirteen, 13 that Mockingbird Lane. a good guess. That was wow. right. Yeah. How'd you get that?
0: I, I may have seen it once or twice. Okay. Yeah.
1: Very good, Chris.
5: Prosecutors complained about which TV show influencing real life juries. Prosecutors complained about which TV show influencing real life juries.
0: Anybody? Oh, I know this. I know this.
5: Oh, come on. Perry Mason. Perry Mason, incorrect. <laughs> no, you've already I, I'm going to reset my button. Sorry. There's no resetting. There's no crying in baseball. Oh. oh, he threw it on the floor. Judge Judy. Judge oh. Judy is incorrect. <laughs> oh,
0: I thought that was right. Julie? No. I
5: CSI. Crime Scene Investigation. Really? CSI, yep. All right, great. That's not
0: even a trial.
5: Yeah, they have a trial oh. sometimes. Never yeah. sometimes. Okay, which Game of Thrones star was nominated for an Emmy every single season? Which Game of Thrones star... Was nominated for an Emmy every single season. Nobody else. Anybody? No. The lead actor. <laughs> that is not specific enough. Um, Peter Dinklage.
1: What? Oh, <laughs> wait a second. Are you kidding me? No.
5: Seriously? What? What? Peter oh Dinklage. Oh my gosh,
1: Paul It's your favorite person.
5: <laughs> For those who don't understand the laughter here, Paul refused to believe that Peter Dinklage was a real name <laughs> at, at, on a previous show. Uh, but anyhow, he is. He uh, was oh, nominated every year. that's
1: pretty cool. He is a real person. Mm-hmm.
5: Now, pronouncing it as closely as you can, what did Lucille Ball try to sell in a commercial on I Love Lucy? Anybody? Hmm. Famous. One of the just absolutely famous. It's not the chocolate thing. Not the chocolates. This is uh, when there was alcohol in it and she started.
0: Oh. Yeah. Anybody? No. I uh, can't remember what it was called.
5: Vitamita Vegemine. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Good. Yeah. Good. Oh, man. There you go. Man, we're getting killed tonight. You know, Chris, oh, no, Chris, you're going to
1: win this whole thing with one point.
5: <laughs> South Park takes place in which state? South Park. Who is that? Montana. Uh, no. Ooh. Illinois. No. <laughs> Anybody?
1: New York.
5: Incorrect. Okay. Colorado.
1: was okay. the answer to that?
5: Oh. Okay. I was close with they Montana. All just
1: guessing. Here's
5: a good guessing one. Uh. How many? If if you've ever seen this. Uh, how many people did Enlise Keating kill on How to Get Away with Murder? The TV show How to Get Away with Murder. All of them. Incorrect. Oh. 13. Incorrect.
1: Uh,
3: uh,
1: just guess a number, huh, Julie?
5: Just say a number. 10. Zero is the answer. Oh, Zero is the
1: That's a trick question.
5: Oh, yeah, man. really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. God, we're all trick question. Moving <laughs> along here. Yeah, the, <laughs> the crickets are
0: going to be worn what out. What was
5: Beaver Cleaver's real first name on Leave It to Beaver?
0: Oh.
5: Come on, Paul, you were I know. you were like thirty when that was on, weren't you? That's <laughs> why heyday in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, Beaver Cleaver. Oh, I
0: can't believe.
3: Oh gosh, oh, I know guys. that
5: name too. Come on. Yes, uh,
1: I'm thinking of Dennis the Menace, but is it Dennis? No. no. Okay.
5: No. Um,
1: All right, I'm out. <laughs> Come on.
5: Theodore. Theodore oh, is correct. correct. Oh,
1: That's up. correct. I did Theodore it. Cleaver. I said it. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Yeah. We have to beat the audience. I know. The Gosh, you I look nice to today, Mrs. Us. Cleaver. The back porch has two points. The back what porch the has two that, points. Well, I, um,
5: <laughs> Eddie. Eddie Eddie Haskell. Haskell. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Gosh. All right. right.
1: The the back porch has two points. I hope we're beating the audience.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. In the Jefferson's theme song, where were they moving on up to?
1: Chris.
0: The East Side. The East Side is correct.
5: Wow. Wow. Well, we're on a roll now. (laughs) (laughs) We have three points. Um, here we go. Let me see here. Oh, what was the name of the coffee house that Ross, Rachel, Monica, mm-hmm. Chandler, Phoebe? TV... Central Perk. Central Perk is correct. Ooh, Chris wow. is just I, burning I, this up. Are we, no, let's play team. Come on, we're, just, <laughs> we're a team today. <laughs> what TV show invented the rerun to allow its star time to recover during and after pregnancy? Frasier. Frasier's incorrect. <laughs> Bewitched. Bewitched is incorrect. Uh, Daphne
1: on, uh, was pregnant. Oh. Yeah. In Frasier. Um.
0: Yeah, but uh, it's by early reruns than have that. been
5: around a lot longer than yeah than uh, Frasier. Mm. This they invented the rerun concept. Go ahead, Paul. Just say ding. His ding Dang. Uh, Three's company incorrect. The mm. answer is I love Lucy.
0: Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <me.
5: clears throat> yep. Um. Let's see, here we go. Which m- fellow Golden Girl cast member had a recurring role on Maude with B. Arthur?
1: Betty White. Incorrect. Okay.
5: Oh,
4: good guess, though.
1: I yeah. just knew she was one of them.
5: Yeah. I don't know any of them, anyhow, other than Betty. Okay, Paul. Yeah, uh, Rue McClanahan. Um, that move. one that played. Mm. Up. No. What? Her name? Never heard no of clue. that. I thought that there was name? a
0: disease. Okay. Yeah, really. I don't know what you're talking. about. You get, I, got, you got your I, got, I got, I got, I got mm-hmm. in my my joints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did Ralph
5: Cramden threaten to send his wife on the honeymoon? Christmas first. The moon. The, the moon. Poor Paul. He was right there. He probably would have said Venus. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> it is correct. Uh, okay, Paul. Okay. <laughs> Which TV host initially refused to book Elvis Presley, but then made his performances even more famous? Ed Sullivan. You are correct. Hey, okay. thank you. Mama's Family was a spinoff from what show? Um, Mama's Family. Oh, Carol Burnett. Yes. Carol Burnett show is Good. correct. Yep. Okay, we're getting down to the wire here. We're almost right. done. Um, mm-hmm. Mork of Mork and Mindy was from which planet? Ork. Ork is correct.
0: Yeah.
5: Boy, Chris, you watched a lot yeah. of TV.
0: Wow, he was hooked in front of that TV. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: Paul was busy with sports, and I was. Yeah, yeah. Chris was. I was busy raising some guitar. children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
5: LaVerne awesome. and Shirley was a spinoff of which show?
1: Happy Days? Happy Days is did great. I, yes. did I get yes. It? Yes,
5: good job.
1: I got a point.
5: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Dick Loudon lives where in the show New Heart? Not mm-hmm. the Bob Newhart Show, but New Hearts, when he owned the inn. That's a little hint there. Refresh your memory. Uh, yeah. Oh, Vermont. Vermont is correct. Very wow. good. Right. good
1: John. All right,
5: I'm on the <clears a> roll. <throat> okay, here we go. How many uh, more, Bob? Who voiced <laughs> Charlie Townsend in the original Charlie's Angels?
1: Is it uh, David Forsyth? or? Um, oh,
3: John. can I Never give it?
1: Wait, you know what? I want to say something. <laughs> Jeopardy. Jeopardy always. Gives it when or we say you say the last name. name so I'm gonna say Forsythe.
5: We're gonna give it to Julie. No, it's no, Mr. I Mr. Just say Mr. Forsyth. There Don't she goes. You agree? Don't you agree? Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, no. I get the point. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Who was Samantha's nosy neighbor on Bewitched?
0: Mrs. Kravitz.
1: We
5: yeah. will accept that because it Mrs. says Gladys Kravitz, but it's got the last name. There you go. Gladys okay. the Kravitz. Okay. Okay.
1: The back porch is doing pretty We're good. We're down to know. the
5: very last two questions. Okay. All right. The love boat was set on which cruise ship?
0: Um, the love boat. <laughs> it was called the love boat. Wow, wow. Paul <laughs> What color is an orange? <laughs> orange. Well it
5: had a name though. It didn't say the love boat on it. It said the blank blank. The mm-hmm. Pacific Princess. Okay, oh, I was say Princess Spe- of the Sea. No, oh, our specific. audience probably got the that last one. question in the movie Mash. Donald Sutherland played played the same role as which star of the TV series?
0: you have to what? name the star
5: in in the movie MASH? You need to name the actor Donald Alan Ar- Alda? Alan Alda is correct, okay. or Alan Ar- Alda.
3: Alda. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Julie, the final the final uh, totals well, here.
1: Chris is in first place uh, with let's see eight, and then Ooh. I'm in second place with three, and Paul with two, and. So that means, um, how, how many did the back porch have? They had 13. 13. Ooh. Did you happen, did you by 13? any chance, <laughs> did
5: you manage to beat, beat the, the back porch?
3: porch?
0: You must have. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you guys do at home? Uh, yeah. we, you know, we'd love to hear from you and see how you did. Sure. Write to us anytime. Yeah. For those of you out there that are wondering, how did we get connected with uh christian out there all the way in seattle Mm -hmm. well he's the son of our announcer lou savage and of course lou grew up in erie uh and did music here i was in bands with him and stuff in the past yeah but uh right now what do you say julie let's get back and talk to christian via zoom so Mm -hmm. when i was growing up of course we had todd rundgren do you know yeah. his stuff did you
2: listen yeah, to Yeah my mom's a big fan of Todd Heads
0: Yeah uh so was I and uh, in fact uh in high school when he was in NAS that was the original band uh, everybody thought it was the band I had with your dad were, <laughs> he thought it was they thought it was us but uh, a little song called Hello it's me but then he went on and did a lot of synth work with uh you know Utopia is that something you would have listened to at all or
2: what like did I listen to Todd Rundgren
0: yeah or were you forced to into it from your mom
2: (laughs) I mean uh like I am the child of my parents um (laughs) I'm a musician because they are musicians I am musical because they inundated me with music when I was (laughs) growing up you know my mom and dad split up when I was like three years old but I lived with my mom and my mom is a musician for a living. And when I'd go stay with my dad, he's a musician for a living. My uncle's a musician for a living. So like I, there's never been a moment in my whole life where I wasn't just like swimming in a sea of music. Sure. The, the synth stuff that I like, ironically has nothing to do with the synth music of old. So Hmm. like when I was, um, in college, I used to be a huge Stevie Wonder fan, and obviously they have like lots of Mogey stuff on there, like the you know, the Toto stuff. But like outside of that, I love things like nine-inch nails. I love things like Daft Punk, um, all of the sort of modern electronica, like that stuff is really where a lot of my synth um synthesizer music sort of taste came from. But a lot of the um the edge came from my rock and roll background, or Mm -hmm. a lot of the sort of music theory sort of side of my taste came from the fact that I've been listening to like everything that my parents play for a living. So like every time they'd have a gig, Mm -hmm. I'd hear 20 super famous standards 10 times in a row. Mm -hmm. And then that was my whole childhood. Like just listening to these standards all the time of like jazz or rock or eighties or hop music or, and, you know, my mom and my uncle were in The Righteous Brothers for 20 years. So, like, on the road with them and parts of my childhood listening to that stuff, I mean, like, all of it's crept in. Well, Christian, let's get back to your music now.
1: Yeah, let's play track 10, Chris. Okay. Um, right from Rise of the Midnight Sun. This is called Things Will Never Be the Same. You're going to enjoy this one.
3: I don't mean to cause a panic in your mind, but humanity is falling behind many years it was all a big joke overnight the world went up in smoke consider this a cautionary tale about what happens when everyone's for sale we don't think about self-preservation this is how we end civilization uh.
0: While we were listening to that song uh, by Christian Alexander as user, uh, our staff actually found this song by his mom.
1: Yes, this is the very talented Jerry Lynch. She's keyboardist and singer. This song is called All I Can Do.
0: I've known for years uh what a great musician your dad is Christian. Um mm-hmm. uh, but uh, that's the first time I ever got to hear your mom. Wow, what a voice. Beautiful. What a yeah.
1: wonderful musical upbringing you had.
2: Yes.
0: And you- do, do you have any live shows coming up?
2: Uh so I'm trying to book a tour right now. So like I'm kind of focusing my energy on that because the scarcity of shows is a good thing, right? So, like, if you oversaturate yourself in the local market, people feel like they don't necessarily need to show up to this show. So, I'm totally okay with playing fewer shows and, like, kind of making a moment of it. Um, and so, right now, I'm kind of focusing my energy on, like, hey, let's get a little tour going. What what
0: um, Do you have to take a bunch of keyboards then? Are you... So it's a a combination of
2: things. So like, because like we have, you know, click tracks and lighting and all this Mm -hmm. stuff that kind of is computer powered, like you can also have MIDI playing in the background and the MIDI you can use and kind of weave it through different software to produce different sounds. And I have samplers and I have keyboards and guitars. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the way that we play live is, is me and my bandmate, Travis, we do um, two synthesizers and two guitars and and, uh, and vocals and so and then we basically use some of the background programming um, and it's flowing through the equipment that we're using, so that way like the equipment may change its patch like partway through something and so like I'm playing something and then it's something different.
3: Hmm.
2: So because a lot of this stuff was written on my computer, like I can do that right. So hmm. like it's it's not that hard to like recall some of these sounds. But the thing that's really fun is is that kind of leaning into the guitar playing thing. I really like wanted to do um less of what I just said so like I want to do I want to bring a physical hardware synthesizer with me Mm -hmm. and I want to play it like a guitar and I want to have less of a safety net because that's like the way that I grew up and that's like the type of music that my family plays for a living right and so case in point when we were playing that show at the central saloon with empathy test we were like going on and we had just sound checked and did a bunch of stuff and line checks and we have both of our synthesizers into the house and they cut the lights they cut the music and then they were like go and so we're doing hello world as the intro to our show that kind of big beautiful Cynthia uh, thing and i realized that my keyboard signal is not making it to the house anymore something happened he did something and the signal got messed up <sighs> at the front of house right And so I kind of leaned to the mic and I said, I'm not getting any synth. And he's like, oh, no. And I can see him kind of like scrambling, but time is passing. We've got the lighting cues going and I'm like, fine. So I just picked up my guitar and played it on the guitar Mm -hmm. start to finish. We played the whole song on the fly with different instruments. And that was the whole thing was it's like, okay, (laughs) like this is how it's going to be. That's fine. And that's why it's so fun is because like, we're both musicians. We've been musicians for many years. Like this isn't really that big a deal. But if you, um, kind of think about it from the kind of moment to moment perspective, like sometimes if all of it is programmed, then all of a sudden you're kind of at the mercy Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And another thing happened in that show, incidentally, um, partway through us playing the song nightmare, uh, Actually, no, we were playing the song Electricity from the album Influence. And there's this big screeching guitar solo at the end of it. And I broke a string. And then all of a sudden, Nightmare happens, the song Nightmare. And Nightmare has a big kind of Lenny Kravitz-esque solo with a big octave pedal on it. And I was like, oh, crap, my guitar has broken the string that I'm supposed to be playing this solo Mm -hmm. around. And the irony is, is that when I was in college, I broke a string on my acoustic guitar. And just out of sheer laziness, I left it like that for like three years. (laughs) And so I was able to sort of improvise a new solo around the broken string, and it was fine.
3: And my
2: wife, my wife doesn't compliment me about this very often. But she goes, "I, I knew what happened. I wasn't sure if anyone else saw it. But I was really panicking when I knew what was about to happen. And you just did it. And I was so impressed. Oh my god, babe, good job. And I was just like, See, this is why you need to not fix your broken strings for three years. That's great. <laughs> now, uh, do you feel like your audience enjoys that better when you're you're on your not, yeah. not broken strings, but when you're actually getting into it and playing? Well, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because like, you know, when everything is like perfect, then mm-hmm. then what? Okay. Right. Like, but but like when you recall the moment, you're like, there's there's drama and and um you know, you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure if you're going to see a car wreck or not. Right. right. <laughs> hey, that's the fun And that's like, that's actually kind of part of the fun, right? right? It's like, will he or won't he like, you know, make a mess of this. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily, luckily for us, we have the chops to be able to like deal with that situation. But like, yeah. it's, you know, it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it could have been a lot worse.
1: Well, here's the nightmare of breaking a string, but it didn't end up to be a nightmare. Did it, Chris? No,
0: it actually ended up being a great song. It,
1: It did. So this is called Nightmare. What? Hey, if the Apple Corporation owned a stadium, would it be called the Macarena?
0: Well, we had a nice little break there, but
2: now it's back to user...
1: We have a question here, working on any new projects?
2: Yeah, so in 2024, I want to focus on, I want to do a couple things. Number one, I want to release an album under Wolf Pet. I've been really working on that for a long time. I've got about 20 partially written songs with that. So it kind of spans the styles of like, um, kind of like Brian Wilson meets folk music meets Tom Petty, right? Oh. So it kind of... <laughs> that kind of stuff if you're into that. And then also I wanna do a lot of collaborations in 2024. Like I feel like it takes me a lot of uh, mental bandwidth to sort of make a thematic journey and tie it all together, get it polished to a level that I wanna release it. So doing albums is something that I don't want to do every single year. It feels heavy to me um, in terms of like labor, (laughs) especially given my day job. but the collaborations, I find them to be like really fun. It's like you're kind of spinning the wheel of fortune or whatever and seeing like what kind of like journey are we going to land on today, right? In the sense that like, you know, right now I'm working with an Australian artist called Griff and we're doing a new disco track. So it's like, you know, I've got the the Prophet 10 back here. It's really synthy. It's very funky. I, you know, I'm playing like interesting bass parts. Those are fun to do, but I don't do that very often. Or I did the one with Starfare that I mentioned where it was Jacob Collier-esque in the sense that I... um, You, you remember in that on uh, Rise of the Midnight song, there's that song Glow, and it starts mm-hmm. with that interesting sort of prismatic harmony.
0: And that's exactly what I thought
2: of was Jacob Collier. Yeah. Well, I also yeah. thought of the
1: pentatonics a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
2: I, that, that prismatic thing is like basically mm-hmm. what I'm doing is like... Da, da, na, 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 and I mm-hmm. recorded one, two, three, four, five, five, five separate entire takes. And I just sustained each one of them. And then I sampled them and I played them like a keyboard. So I could like kind of riff off of them. And um,
1: well, I just wanted to well, say, did... we thought it was a harmonizer, but because it was so tight, so good for you. If you did that separate, man.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, well, that's the joy of computers is you can <laughs> zoom as far as you can go and then just kind of line things up. But, but with uh, the Starfare collab, It was a disco track, and I did a chorus like that, like, um, you're the perfect girl. Right, it's a very similar sort of approach. And I did it in like the pocket and it's real funky and um, kind of uh, outer spacey. So I I just love doing collaborations with people because you get to sort of try your hand at something that you wouldn't normally fit into a record that's a kind of theme.
1: Here's that song that user referred to. It's track two on Rise of the Midnight Sun. This is Glow. Ooh. Christian has a lot of fun in the studio, don't you, Chris? Oh, Oh, wow. Those harmonies were wonderful. Nice creativity there.
0: Right. And I was so glad to hear that his mom's a Todd Rundgren fan, as we are, too. And uh, a while back, we recorded a Todd Rundgren song. We covered a song called Mated. And this is Julie on lead vocals, our daughters, Becca and Catherine, on backgrounds, our son, Nathaniel, on drums. And, uh... Tom O'Cam, okay, our lead guitarist, doing some lead work on there too. Here's mated.
1: user how can people get his music
0: just,
2: just people can download it right i mean you know, oh yeah so i mean the kind of the way of the land these days is mm-hmm. is to use like you know um distributors and you know mm-hmm. that puts it on every single streaming platform which means that some platforms are like purchase centric and some platforms are free streaming centric and then you've got mm-hmm. bandcamp in the middle of that spectrum mm-hmm. and all of that so you know i'm i'm like pretty uh okay with embracing the sort of modern consumption model. Like I would rather people just go listen to my music on Spotify for free than like buy it if they can. Like, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not how I earn my living. So I want them to listen to the music and enjoy it first. That's not really a money thing for me so much.
1: Well, Christian, we're towards the end of the show here. Is there anything else you want our audience to know?
2: The one, the last thing I'll tell you is that Mm -hmm. if you found the opening track reminiscent that's because it has, like I said earlier, the album is like um, kind of a nod to growing up in Palm Springs and classic rock, right? Mm-hmm. And I had put out three albums of synthesizer music before releasing Rise of the Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to sort of do a little um, setting up expectations and then diverting those expectations. So the opening minute of the first song, "Hello World. It's hello world because number one, that's like a reference to like computing and I'm a computer guy for a living. That's my job. The second thing is, is that I needed to reintroduce myself with this sound. The first minute is all synthesizer stuff and you find that it starts to warp and change in its tempo and it starts to go in another way and it feels disorienting. And then all of a sudden and it's guitar song. And the whole vibe of that, I wanted to capture the introduction to ACDCs for those about to rock. So. And there's even tempo change in that, right? So like, it's it's like kind of a nod to what I had been doing versus where I'm going and kind of setting the tone. And then the sort of lyrical theme, when I was young, I was so free. I knew nothing. I couldn't see. I had no fear of my mortality, right? It's like, this is an album about self discovery and growth and like, you know, coming to terms with yourself. But it's also sonically, I'm heading on a different lane now. So it's like, it it says a lot of things without saying a lot of things.
1: Here's the first track on this great album. It's called Hello World.
0: Christian, thanks so much for being with us on tonight's show. It, it's been wonderful. The music's wonderful. The recordings are beautiful. Uh, we've had a great time.
2: I really appreciate you guys taking the time to chat with me, and I love talking about the creative process. And I know you guys too, uh, do as well. You got all that gear behind you. I wish oh, I was yeah. sitting there playing those drums. To be <laughs> oh, honest you
0: see yeah. the drums
1: in the background.
0: I don't play them. I just have them. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> this is just for show no. yeah
0: oh, oh well when i have it no, seriously when i have a drummer it's like so they don't because we're upstairs and i didn't want to carry things but oh uh, i know the truth uh, i i mean, I I'm, I mean I'm, I'm more like the monkey that you wind up with if i <laughs> play drums You know, <laughs> hitting each drum each on the same beat
2: hey we're all, we're all just some kind of wind up toy <laughs> there you go yeah,
1: keep on rocking christian it sounds yeah, thank great thank you so much thank
2: you so much always a pleasure
1: We also want to thank Bob and Paul for stopping by. And
0: our announcer, Lou Savage.
1: And you, our audience. It's been wonderful spending this time next to you.
0: I'm Chris, so you must be Julie.
1: That's right. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: You're listening to WQLN NPR.